1: Now here is your host oh what's up everybody jensen cummings here thank you as always for tuning in Today is best served podcast 348 we're talking collaboration over competition and hospitality we got cha mccoy we got justin arnett graham l jarvis will be joining us this anybody who follows best serve whatsoever anybody who's heard me rant about collaboration it is fundamental to what we do. And I think it is a huge mindset shift for us that I've had to adopt being somebody who grew up in the industry, who got so used to getting my head kicked in, that we are always in survival mode. We're always in this scarcity mindset. We're only as good as our next plate. We're only as good as the next table turn. And that puts us in this this place where we're always thinking finite and we need to expand. We need that abundance mindset. We need that invest and growth mindset. We need that infinite mindset that there aren't just a finite amount of resources, of guests that we can collaborate and still have that be a good business decision. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to bring L, L Jarvis in to talk with us. Uh, good to see you, L. To keep this conversation going right menu meeting let's get ready for the next service that we're walking into this campaign has been all about thought leaders movers and shakers change agents how do we evolve in hospitality and collaboration it's something that we struggle with and so i want you to break it down for us a little bit collaboration what does it mean for the industry at large and why for in the weeds is this an important topic
2: Absolutely. So we had in the weeds, like truly believe in collaboration over competition. We launched a year ago, we were, we got our 501c3 status in October of 2020. And our mission is to champion the physical, financial and mental health of the hospitality professional. So we had all these ideas and we know what we need to do, but we very quickly realized that we couldn't do it alone. Um, and as we started identifying other partners across the country that were in different lanes that we knew we could amplify power and numbers, um, we started to realize that there were other really awesome organizations and projects that people were working on that would benefit from being attached um, to a 501c3 nonprofit. So we started fiscally sponsoring what we call quote unquote halo orgs. Um, And we have five of them right now um, within our network that we're constantly chatting and texting and, you know, putting systems in place. I had a really awesome call a year in with the, with the folks from the Chad project this afternoon, explaining to them the difference between being a 1099 and a W2, because a year or nine months into our partnership, we've secured enough funding to start paying their people. Um, Amazing. You know, they wouldn't necessarily have the resources or um, the capacity to incorporate on their own being so decentralized and volunteer and new, um, but certainly wouldn't be able to navigate, you know, volunteer doing payroll. Um, so being able to act as that sort of halo to support all these other projects so they can just focus on doing the work. Yeah, um, quick
1: shout out the, the projects that you have in the work, the Halo orgs, the, yeah, so the yeah, initiatives that you're I'm, part
2: of. The chat project, which is based in Chicago, um we have lip service chas project which you'll hear more about we fiscally sponsored summer tour this past um summer which was a collaboration between justin jennifer from alt economy and nicole i'm sorry simone from um wild child eats uh, and justin's with bco he'll introduce himself shortly and that was just a really organic again fostering good people good people as soon as i was double vaxxed two weeks out i hopped on a plane i went to chicago (laughs) i went to a pop-up in one of the chad like the chad members apartments and jennifer kim was cooking and i don't know if it was like the group of people that i was with or i was just like a little bit maybe stoned or the thing was just so well orchestrated all
1: the things it was all those things yeah
2: (laughs) I went. I was. I dined with strangers, and it was the most epic meal I think I've ever experienced. And I ate it, you know, at somebody's picnic table in their backyard, and there was performance, and it just was like powerful. And at the end of the meal, I went back and I said, "Hey, chef, come to Aspen with us. We're doing a party in Aspen. You have to come." And then they, a couple of weeks later, were looking for a fiscal sponsor for their summer tour. Um, okay. which it, that's just the way that it's going to work from here on out. It's just trusting who's in your orbit. And having those conversations. And um, I'll let Justin talk about summer tour a lot more. But I was just so impressed with, you know, they were able to get the entire series fully sponsored. Um, So everything that they raised were redistributed to chefs for food and labor costs and mutual aid. And Imagine you-
1: that. Imagine supporting the people that need the support and and especially the hospitality industry does so much to bring attention and put butts in seats and put dollars in the coffers of so many great causes. And the reality yeah. is some of us are more nonprofits than the nonprofits that we're supporting. So I appreciate that there's this kind of balanced approach. Let's bring Justin in. I'll, I want to bring Justin in because I want to hear a little bit more about this. What's BCO? I love that that's your uh your handle, because when you're in the content game in hospitality, it's different. We're so used to making things with our hands and and cooking and having that face to face, but we're in the content and storytelling medium and communication, so I love that about what you're doing. Tell us about Biko, and then let's get into summer tour a little bit, because Elle's got me all hyped up about it.
0: Perfect, Um, well, hi, hello. (laughs) Um, So um, I'm the creative director and owner of of Biko, and so, um, we do specialize in blending the art and media industries with the hospitality platform. And like I always say, it's as, it's, it's as unique and integrative as the project scope itself, right? So at our core, we are storytellers and we've tried to build platforms to let people amplify their stories and their realities. And oddly enough with Summer Tour, um, we run a podcast called Terms of Service, real industry, real talk, no bullshit. Yes. And our co-host is Nariva Shepherd, and it's because of Nariva that I was connected to Jennifer Kim, and that was a very, as L had touched upon earlier, it was just a very organic and easy conversation, and mm. it wasn't, it wasn't in regards to you know what we can achieve what we can achieve from one another, but like more so like resource sharing because the way that she talked about alternative economies and the new hospitality movement, I was just like, that falls directly in line with what we're trying to showcase and what we're trying to make brands understand. Like the status quo of what it has been is incorrect. And we're trying to do what we can to pave like a more equitable way forward. So, and then naturally Jennifer Kim has a relationship with Simone Freeman of Wild Child Eats. And then that was just an even, even greater conversation. And yeah, we're just like, let's do this together. And they have been wonderful. (laughs) And that's great. It it feels like we're all part
1: of like a a Marvel Cinematic Universe (laughs) team up where it's just like we're all kind of have these superpowers and being entrepreneurs, being in, in the hospitality industry. We, we often get kind of siloed and tunnel visioned and kind of our own thing. And to be able to like open up and see who else is out there, ask for that help, ask for that support, be able to have something, a, a clear Absolutely. exchange of value and beliefs, I think is so important. So uh, let's keep that going. I want to bring in the one and only Cha McCoy, uh, who, if I listed all of the things, Cha, that you're doing and working on and collaborating on, we'd be here all day. A lip service specifically is something I'm so excited about when I heard this idea. It's like, yes, where the hell was this when we were coming up in the industry? You know, over the last 20 years, this makes so much sense to me. So break it down for us a little bit. uh, Lip service. What's going on there as a halo Org part of uh, in the weeds? What are you up to?
3: yes so thanks for having me on and I think it's even cooler to hear the other stories of you know how in the weeds spread you know because everyone has <laughs> such a diverse oh you like that that was a, that yeah was
0: yeah a, I like the puns
1: we like the puns on this show Let's yeah,
3: go all day long all day. <laughs> so I think that the, the cool part here is how you know how to help there's there's no right answer we all go about it in different ways if you're driven from arts or if you're driven from in my case language you know uh, with work being as an immigrant working in portugal i think living in america the word immigrant means a uh, completely different you know oh, I mean. understanding especially when looking the way i look as a black woman with locks working as a sommelier so i know what it feels like just to be in america and, and be american and feel like immigrant treatment you know in this space with this title yeah and then also how to work on the global scale um from my time working at a michelin star restaurant as a sommelier in lisbon portugal and so Glib service also birthed last year um during a pandemic as we we're doing a lot of like How can we help this, you know, I think it's a lot of inward work that we looked at. And and so you're like, how can I help? You know, I recognize this from my perspective. And so I love that you, what you said about, you know, where was this? Because I feel like that was the resounding uh, applaud and text messages and DMs I got from people who heard what I was trying to champion people around making communication less as a barrier as a way for us to connect across cultures in the hospitality industry. You can't just be excited when people are crossing the borders and washing your dishes, but you're not going to be excited about uplifting them out of dishwashing to one day be the dishwasher.
1: Absolutely. And
3: so yeah. they may have started not knowing English, but they should not be there 10 years later still washing dishes, not learning English. So I feel like that, that also gives you, yes. um, <laughs> mm-hmm. that just gives you, that one simple example gives you the way that we, uh, as, as Americans or other large Western countries have been able to hold people back due to language. And so that's where I became ignited with the idea of like, okay, I'm coming from a place of privilege. Um, it may not seem that way as a black woman, but coming into a country where I have that blue passport book uh, that says American in front, so I can right. walk in and actually, you know, be the song. But I can tell that they were not going to let me do anything. Like I wasn't going to have as much control ever. Uh, because I didn't speak Portuguese and they weren't really, they didn't really care. They just like, okay, well, you don't speak Portuguese. You're limited to talking to guests who are foreigners who come in, who obviously speaks to us first in English. And yeah, so that's going to be your role. And I think it was kind of on me to have to start taking Portuguese. No one like uh, like, tried to make me feel comfortable there, uh, not knowing the language. And so I realized this was gonna hold me back, just like uh, people who come into my own country who have to like, you hear these crazy stories, people learn English from watching uh, Days of Our Lives. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I hear
1: MTV all the time. And I'm like,
3: what? And I'm like this, this is not like, for, for me, I don't do this, but I really feel like there's gotta be, uh, like this is a way that we can champion each other because we actually end up learning from each other and being more culturally connected if I did end up learning how to speak Spanish from that dishwasher and vice versa with me doing this exchange with them, um, teaching them English. So then that can actually happen for free within the nucleus of the hotel, bar, whatever hospitality right. industry so easily. We don't even have to send people out to programs, but yet it's not really happening internally. So. Uh, that was a long way to get everybody on board with what lip service uh, mission is driven behind. But um, ideally, I was raising funds. And I guess my beta project, you you going to say, was this past year. I had a small group of 10 women in total, uh, four different languages, German, Italian, Spanish, and French as the uh, key languages. Most women were either chef or food related or, uh, or in the wine industry. Um, but okay. we had applicants that applied who were cheesemongers. Also, um, we had somebody who was a flight attendant. We also, so throughout the travel industry as well. And so I love the idea of broadening, like taking full like use of hospitality at all levels, not just the restaurant as ways to make change happen as it relates to en- you know, English integration, as yep. well as people who speak English learning a second language for when
1: mobility. I, when I hear something like this, I'm both inspired and mm-hmm. like, Kind of fucking pissed off yeah. i'm kind of upset by the fact that i mentioned it and you reiterated it what have we been doing with this industry that is built on story that is built on communication that is built on our on our ability to connect with people around the table yeah. and and there's a couple of mindset i'm going to stay with mindset because it feels like that's where this this catalyst needs to needs to be is is you mentioned the lack of upward mobility that that is so systemic in the fact that you know i got in the industry when i was 17 and it's always like we never grow up from that and we build business models around oh we just have a bunch of transient kids that live with their parents and and we can you know abuse them and not pay them that much and they're on their parents insurance and all this kind of stuff when do we become that true professional that needs the support of the physical financial and mental health that needs to be able to level themselves up to learn english at a level so that they can be a sommelier at a restaurant that can learn portuguese can learn french to be able to get themselves into a personal and professional position to thrive and not just barely survive and wear this badge of honor like, we can hack it so we are somebody worth merit. And the reality is that is completely opposite, completely backwards from the way that we actually uplift individuals and communities and businesses now where there's a reckoning happening. We're realizing if you don't invest in your most valuable asset, your people, you will fail right? categorically. And that is being exposed right now. So I'm inspired and I'm upset that I was a cog for the last 20 years in this bullshit. Like what what are we doing here? So, uh, I appreciate that. I don't even know where to go from here. L, I'm going to kick it to you. I'm too fired up. What do okay. we need to know about the way that summer tour, the way that Chan Lip Service, how can we get more Halo Orgs involved? How can we support more good people connecting good people doing this type of work? What do we need to know?
2: 100% funding.
1: <laughs> money. We need some money, people. Let's go.
2: We need, go. Yeah, we need yes. unrestricted funding to be able to continue to do this work and you know, we as in the weeds, we're a we're a very we're all volunteer board. Um, we just hired our first, you know, full like bookkeeper to be able to support all of the um, the money coming and going and flowing. But the reality is to have, you know, unrestricted funds, which are tax deductible donations, to be able to pay the people to run the programs. Like that's how, you know, we have a really amazing, passionate super talented people involved um, in in the weeds right now. And their labor should not go unpaid. Um, Just because this is nonprofit work, um, it doesn't mean that uh, it disqualifies the intelligence of the people that are putting these programs together that are completely necessary. And we talked about this a little bit with Jasmine and how proud I was to hear that her side hustle became her main hustle these passion projects shouldn't be considered as side hustles. They should be part of the greater um, entrepreneurial block of this is our, our, our party for our purpose is this is the work that I do to do this, but the work is hard. It's emotionally taxing and sometimes it's physically taxing um, to sort of find that time. But we, um, I swear like on hold of bringing on Halo Orcs for the end of the year, but, it is OND for everybody in this industry, October, November, December. So I, everybody's just kind of pulled in a million different directions. Um, right. but reach out. Shoot us an email at holler at intheweeds.us. We'll have a couple conversations and see what we can't cook up in the new year.
1: All right. So there's something interesting. Both both Justin and L mentioned the word amplify. And our mission statements are uh, best served is to, to amplify the worth and work of those who feed their community. And that's all of us. That's everybody at every level. It is the flight attendant. It is the farmer. It is the school garden leader in Tampa, Florida, who's just trying to inspire our kids to eat better, to change a generational habit of not investing in ourselves and the food that we eat, all of that. And uh, Halo Org stuff, 868686 86, 86 Challenge that we're doing is also sponsored by In the Weeds. And that means that Elle's bookkeeper is writing 86 checks to individuals for $86 to say, your story matters. We care about it. We'll publish it. I don't care if you're a dishwasher in Kansas City or a server in Boston. Your story matters, and it needs to be a part of the culinary narrative. Now, uh, for Justin and and Cha, the work that you all do trying to, to uplift communities, it's hard to get money. I have to like beat people over the head and say, this is the most valuable <laughs> investment that you can make to invest in the actual people who interact with your product, your service, that are a part of the lifeblood of this industry. Yet the harder part is the worth. The amount of time I have to spend telling somebody, no, I'm serious. Your story matters, and I'm figuring out a way, and my whole team is working so unbelievably hard to pay you for that story, to bring your story to life, and they don't believe me. And they find every excuse out the book. I'm just a cook. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. I do. I know everybody here does, and so many others do. So I'm very interested. Uh, and maybe, maybe, Cha, Justin, you can take one side. Cha, for the people, how do we get people to, in our industry, to believe, truly believe that they're of value, that they have worth, and that they should be given the opportunity to learn a new language or anything that allows them to have that upward trajectory? And then, Justin, maybe – on the getting people to invest side of that. I'm, I'm very interested in that. Cha, for you, how do we get our people to know that they matter? Like we want to help you
3: this manifest. Is hard. Uh, hard. I mean, I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think I've, and, you know, even if you took language out of that question, it's still <laughs> equally right. hard, I feel like. And um, so this has been very difficult for me to convince people in this industry. And I didn't mention earlier, it was uh, the application work for BIPOC's, uh community who were looking for this help. And so... I realized that people were just not willing to do the work when it comes to like language, like it's impossible. I don't know what else to say. I feel like I'm up, you know, crawling up a mountain that, you know, I'm trying to get believers into this. And I know what a lot of me and my peers are doing, trying to keep our brains refreshed, especially in the wine industry as we're trying to pronounce producers and regions, et cetera. So I'm trying to give people a heads up, like, hey, instead of you trying to like, I don't know, spend all your money to go take the next quarter of the master's exam. How about you learn a language, which will actually probably get you in the door faster. But I mean, but they got to believe me, you know, in that that I'm in a position where I can see if I knew French, Portuguese or Italian um, or Spanish for that matter, and then was able to walk into a winery and able to speak fluently. I can convince way more people to pay me to do something like in yes. the same thing for a restaurant too they probably will ask me do I have the pins and the certification but the moment I go and eh, I'll get to it and say it in a they language they're probably like okay we'll worry about that later or we'll help you get the certification and keep going but instead it seemed like more people were so focused on mm. what is more easier to attain and uh what's instagrammable i guess that's that's just the end so it's easier for me to put something on instagram I'm like ooh, just got that new pin just passed my test you know or you know getting people all caught into that idea um and i'm thinking about this from a wine perspective so excuse me for not uh, you know being able like i'm no, not we feel
1: I'm you we can translate it into food and the beverage the same all Same idea,
3: yeah. you know so yeah. before for a chef instead of spending all your money to go move to France and work uh, and study under Le Cordon Bleu, like if you actually stayed home and learned French <laughs> and then actually got your job um, leading at a maybe high-end French restaurant in your neighborhood, in your city, I think that the, you can get there probably faster with language. And I was trying to tell people that from my own experience that I know this is true. Um, there's a cultural connection that is missed here. And so back to your question, which is like, it is hard to get people just to do the work that's not going to give them immediate gratification. You're not going to learn French and master it in six months, six weeks, six days. I mean, maybe in six years, you may still be struggling over a few mm-hmm. concepts. So I'm, I'm, I'm really selling something that seems like, uh, unfortunately, unattainable um, yeah. for them to them themselves feel like they should put that energy back into themselves. So it's I feel completely like- completely foreign.
1: Like, it's language. not only foreign language, the concept is foreign. And, and one thing that you touched on is going to that and working at that, that high-end restaurant. We've been so conditioned to resume build. Yeah, yeah. The resume doesn't matter at all anymore. Like, the gatekeepers have completely shifted. And you having a name of a restaurant on a resume is not as valuable as you having the skill and ability to communicate at a higher level. For Communication sure. is the For whole sure. game yeah. that we're in. And now knowing another language allows you to communicate at a higher level. And so that is an important investment that it, it completely gets skipped over. And you mentioned it, we are so instant gratification, the most instant gratification which is why we're good at being reactive to the guest in the moment. We stay in the moment because we don't want to think past the next plate, right? It means that we're good tacticians in the moment. We struggle big thinking, long-term strategy, those kind of things. And so we leave it all on the field, so to speak, and there's nothing left for ourselves. And so, yeah, it's hard for us to think about, can I spend the next year learning a language? What does that mean for my professional trajectory for the next 10 years? It's too abstract for us. So that, that part, Cha, I'm with you. You and I are going to talk more about this because unlocking the mindset shift of investing mm-hmm. in yourself yeah. and, and businesses in and the industry at large, investing in people, that's it. If we figure yeah, out that secret is, sauce, right? that's it.
3: If you actually invested and took the time to learn Spanish, which some um, owners responded to me and said, you know what? When I read the article and when I heard what you said, I have my whole team in New Mexico, someone said, is all speak Spanish, but I can't, like they speak English to me, but they speak Spanish to each other, Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna now take the time and actually learn Spanish so I can talk to them. So I feel like being in this community, also, even if you're a person of privilege who has the money and who are doing the hiring, you learning the language to be a part of their culture and making that investment on, uh, on that level. So I feel like that also meant that I struck a chord and people really were reactive in a way where, hey, This don't cost them nothing. I can just learn Spanish instead of forcing them to speak to me in English. So,
1: Yes, I like it. Language. Uh, What what a way to break through communication barriers and all the barriers that that we've been talking about. Uh, If we can find ways to break through them, that is a huge opportunity, huge unlock. Uh, For you, Justin, Elle mentioned it. You got the, the whole summer tour funded. Congratulations and, and I, we're all gonna need to figure out how the hell you did that because you've never gotten a project fully funded in any way, shape or form, that's totally unbelievable. Uh, so what is it? How do we start communicating and pulling on those purse strings, understanding what's the unlock on that side of the equation as obviously that side is incredibly challenging as well. Elle mentioned it. We need more money to make these things happen. These will be the future of this industry. We just have to shift some of the way that we invest. So give us some thoughts there. How do we unlock the financial side of this equation a little bit?
0: No, absolutely. And so just a big thing that I'm always talking about is ecosystem building. And that has proven quite successful on on our end. And the reason why I focus on ecosystem building is because the pitch doesn't always connect with everyone. So therefore you have to be able to create an overall ecosystem for people to find themselves within. And Mm. that is what they want to fund. And that, that play has, I mean, it's been activated on both sides, obviously, because it's anchored in community, but it's funded by intention. And that has been like my, my, secret sauce if, if yeah.
1: you will so, uh, yes. everybody's teams are taking notes right now they're like ecosystem how do i build an ecosystem <laughs> that allows people to find like to pitch themselves within the ecosystem that you've built i think is key collaboration talk about that That's you need-
2: not, yeah
1: you, you yeah. need what we call cool uncle. That's like my job a lot. Yeah. How do you be cool uncle? Because your parents keep telling you to do this thing. It's good right. for you. No, right. no, 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 no. Cool uncle right. tells me like best idea I've ever heard. And so right. I think creating an ecosystem where it's not a linear single point-to-point interaction and transaction, there has to be depth and intention. I think is a great way to go about that. Executing Correct. that though, we don't have enough time in ten shows to figure yeah. that out. Uh, so I appreciate <laughs> as, your as I stuff. mentioned.
0: Of course, and I, as I mentioned earlier, that it's a lot about, you know, just really anchoring it back in community with summer tours specifically. We did our kickoff with our friends at Blind Barber, but the, re- but the reason why we have such a sufficient relationship with them is not only here locally, but nationally, is because they believe in the depth of our portfolio. And that is what we use to amplify our work with the community. And yeah, that's, I could go on and on.
1: Yes. And we will, there will be a lot more from, from this crew. I guarantee as, as we move forward. So uh, Justin, best place for people to connect with you. I'm interested. I want what, what the hell is summer tour? I want to know more. I want it in my town. I want to be a part of it in Chicago next year. Best way to connect. What do we need to know uh, before we let you go?
0: Got it. So on Instagram, it's what's Beco, so W-H-A-T-S, B-E-C-O. And then also you can connect with us directly through our website at beco.work, W-O-R-K. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Reach out. Find out what the hell Beco is, what's BICO? And uh, and that secret sauce of building an ecosystem, Justin is the one to figure that out. And looking forward to seeing what comes uh, next from summer tour because barely scratched the surface. That's pretty clear. A lot of great things to come. So uh, Justin Arnett Graham from Bico uh, based out in Chicago. We're going to let you go. Appreciate your time and appreciate the work that you're doing.
0: Of course. Thank you so very much. Bye. Bye.
1: Take care. All right, Cha, same for you. Uh, Heard about lip service. I'm interested when do applications reopen? How do I get involved with lip service? Uh, And then real quick, just what else are you working on just in the next, like, I don't know, two weeks? Because if we expanded past that, you're doing too many things. Lip service, I want to get involved. I want the opportunity to help fund. I want the opportunity to learn a new language. How do I do that? And then quickly, where can we connect with you on whatever you're working on next?
3: Yes. So, everything child mccoy related you can definitely find on my ig which is child underscore squared or on my website childmcoy.com and there's a section there for lip service and all the other projects too there um lip service has its own instagram but it's currently on hold uh, but we are opening for new applications for 2022 in january nice. so we it all it actually tied up we're people like starting a new year, like I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to learn a new language. It's kind of cool that I, you know, now I know every January is like, okay, let's bring some new people in who are excited about learning. Uh,
1: I mean, New Year's resolutions are a real thing. Let's see if they can keep it going longer than they traditionally keep the gym going, going into (laughs) the new year.
3: Yes. So, um, so it will be January of 2022 for the new cohort application to open up. Um, And for Chai McCoy in the world of Chai McCoy right now, um, the next two weeks well let's just say the next two weeks you should at least see the communion which is my wine dinner pop-up series the new dates coming out so nice. um, stay tuned to that for the week of the 21st or so there'll be a release of where the next location is for the communion we
1: mm. so, we can, we can expect some some maybe some caviar up in there for those as well maybe, right
3: maybe a little caviar moments some... things like that but mm-hmm. you know right now we're focused on, Making sure that you have placements for your pairings, so making sure everyone feel a little bit of love. Um, and so I'm excited to bring the community to a new city.
1: Uh, and then a shout out to Charleston Food and Wine coming up soon. Ellen and I, good friends with uh, Mike Latta and Jason Stamho with Fig and everything that that uh, that festival represents. I know you are knee deep in that as well. So yep, excited yep. for you. Lot. Lot. And
2: also, you. to if they want to donate to lip service um on cha's website there mm-hmm. is a link to our white label crowdfunding platform nice. that you can accept donations for nice
1: el way to connect those dots i love it cha we'll let you yeah. get back to it thank you so much uh, for being on thank thank you so much for the leadership that you're showing for this thank industry you. and we'll keep working on that worth part uh together because that unlock that's key for us so i i appreciate the uh the Clawing up that mountain, like you talked about. It's a struggle, it's real, and I appreciate it because it's necessary. We need it.
3: All right. So appreciate your support. Thank you. Take care. Thank
1: you, Chad. Good episode. That I got like
0: episode. I got like
1: heated. This is so impassioning for me personally, for you, I know, for everybody that we get involved with. Like collaboration over competition is one of those fundamental things. This is like We, we have to, it's the only way that we're going to be able to do anything into the future is if we start to collaborate at a fundamental and meaningful way. So, uh, last thoughts for this great episode and, uh, I'm excited for summer tour. I'm excited for communion, Charleston lip service, so many great things happening.
2: There's so many great things happening and, yeah, I think the the collaboration over competition is not a new idea um, by any means. But I think this industry has been so polarizing for some folks that it, having it being recently adopted, and then think about the people that we've had conversations with over the last three weeks. These thirty minute conversations, I walk away from them and I have like goosebumps, and I have to like go sit and stare at the ocean for twenty minutes to process like what just happened to unpack. And also unlearn a lot of what we've been conditioned in the industry. So I loved your question. To chat. How do you convince people that they're worth investing in when we are unlearning and convincing ourselves um, that we are worth investing in and in doing the, having these conversations um, and being able to share our, our thoughts um, with one another in this capacity. So that was another great episode. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely love it. L. Jarvis uh, of In The Weeds and obviously this In The Weeds menu meeting, fall 2021 campaign. You've seen us all over Omnipresence, the the video casts, articles, clubhouses, Instagram takeovers. It's just been about Communicating in all the ways and all the places that we need to be represented, and we need more voices in this culinary narrative. That's l's mission. That's our mission at Best Served. So, could not be more uh, honored to be a part of this. l we'll let you go stare at the beach for a while, right? Yeah, stare at the ocean. At
2: the ocean. Have a good one.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. That is it for this episode. Collaboration over competition. I'm such a broken record. You hear things from that all the time for me amplify the worth and work of those who feed their community. We have to build something that's equitable, profitable, and sustainable. We were hitting all of the greatest hits today. And so it's really also, like it's hard, the work that we're doing, trying to shift this industry as a whole, to hear from other leaders that I have so much respect for, that they're running into the same issues, that they're inspired by the same things, for the work that's, that we do at Best Served, it means a lot. So I'm, I'm grateful to hear these things coming out of these leaders' mouths because it matters and it allows us the opportunity to continue to go forward even when it gets hard sometimes and it always gets hard sometimes so appreciate you all once again best Served podcast 348 collaboration over competition in hospitality with cha mccoy justin arnett graham and l jarvis that is it i appreciate all of you i hope that all of you know and truly believe me when i say this your worth and your work matter and we are here to amplify it you can count on us for that cheers
0: thanks for listening to the best served podcast subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.